Hello again, friends. Thank you for joining us again. We are so happy that you're here. On today's episode of Nextra Presents, we're sharing an episode of the Landscape Ontario podcast from last month, in which Grant had the opportunity to talk about owner health. This has been a significant issue this year, and it doesn't show any signs of letting up. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage you to get and stay healthy in all aspects of your life, physically, mentally, emotionally, and relationally. We hope you'll be encouraged by what Grant has to say. So here's Scott Barber's interview with Grant on the Landscape Ontario podcast. All right, Grant. So could you tell us, just maybe start with a little bit about yourself and and your background? All right. Thanks, Scott. Thank you so much for having me on today. Um, Yeah. So like most landscapers uh, that we know that I've grew up with, that we coach, um, I started this industry as a summer job when I was going through high school, Um, worked for a local landscaper uh, that was kind of down the road from us. Um, You know, Mike Beadle, he's still in the industry today and runs a great company north of Toronto. And uh, yeah, just kind of fell in love with building stuff and uh, ended up going to, after I graduated high school, ended up going to uh, uh, actually the Landscape Ontario Congress and just kind of seeing that, hey, this could be an actual career for me if I wanted to do this post-secondary. And uh, so I ended up uh, doing some research and attending Humber College and doing their technician program there. And uh, and I was actually good at school. Like I just graduated high school. Uh, but then when I was passionate about something, I actually, I actually get a good grade. Um, so I was I did Humber College and really enjoyed that. Met some great people there and uh, really just able to to look at that and do this as a as a kind of I guess I didn't realize it was going to be a full career where I'm at today, but I was able to do that. So um, at that time I was living uh, north of Toronto in, in Newmarket area, ended up moving to Muskoka um, and uh, started working for a landscaper up there, Rockscape Design, and they just wanted a, a, an award through Landscape Ontario for their employment. Um, and it was just great to see them and to see their culture that they have. So I, that was a long time ago, um, probably 22 years ago. And just, holy cow, time flies. So I ended up meeting my wife in, in Huntsville in Muskoka. And uh, we got married. We had our first son up there. And uh, yeah, I just love Muskoka and, and the lifestyle that bring. Um, but my wife's family was from London. Um, so when we kind of had our first son, he's 22 now. And uh, we ended up moving to London. And uh, which was a big shock. It was a big culture shock to be living in Muskoka down to London. So um, we moved down to London uh, to be close to family. And uh, we never regretted moving here to London area and uh, um, ended up working for, got involved with the Clintar franchise here first as a part-time plow operator. And then I was able to kind of join their ranks full-time. So, and that was kind of the first job I ever had in the industry that was actually like a full, full career. Like, you know, it was like, you know, you could wear khaki pants and a collared shirt um they actually had like an office like most of the companies i worked for before was working out of the owner's home um so like actual mechanic like full-on like corporation it was really cool to see i uh, got my first blackberry there got my first email address it was like i thought i grew up like overnight um and uh, just really kind of thought hey again this is that next level that i've been looking for in the in my in my career um and do that so after uh after a couple years with the clinton franchise um, i always had this feeling that i always wanted to be my own own, my own business own like i wanted to own something myself so we ended up starting a residential design build firm here in london 
the Clintar local Clintar franchise owners were awesome. They were so supportive. They weren't doing anything residential design and build the time. So they really were able to help me, you know, support me. If I needed extra work in the wintertime, they were always happy to have me back. Uh, so it was good. So we did that for five years. So uh, my wife came in and she helped me do the book side of the business and kind of behind the scenes. And then um, I did the, I was typical owner, you know, working 60 hours a week, uh, you know, on site all day with the guys. Then, you know, in the evenings, try to see clients and try to do estimates and, and just worked really hard. Uh, the first year we made a little bit of money. Uh, it was good. We went to the accountants, you know, kind of took our books and maybe not quite in a shoebox, but maybe in a, in a, in a file, a QuickBooks file and handed it to him and said, okay, how did I do? And uh, we sat down whatever month later and he, he talked to me about stuff I didn't understand overhead and percentages and balance sheet. And I just kind of shook my head and I was like, okay, just tell me, did I do well or not? He's like, yeah, you did well. So I'm like, okay, so I have a recipe for success. So second year we put a second crew on and uh, go back. And he's like, actually you didn't make very much money this year. I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I did the same success. I did the first year. I worked harder. I put more guys on, I put more revenue on something's not making sense. Like, why does it not make like the profit I made the first year shouldn't it double the second year. And again, like just completely blank stared the accountants, you know, tried to get my, tried to get my, uh, tried to get my, you know, my banker involved and they were just like, they didn't understand what I was trying to talk about or communicate well. So, so we did that for five years and uh, every year it just seemed to work harder and harder, became more and more stress. Um, during that time, I was really involved with Landscape Ontario. I was part of the London, I became London chapter president. And um, the one thing I learned, I learned so much from, from the contractors that through Landscape Ontario, but the one thing I saw was that a lot of the businesses were like mine that were struggling. Um, and a lot of times the struggle in the business ended up affecting their marriage. And a lot of the guys that I worked with, their marriages fell apart. And I was like, listen, I am not giving up my marriage for this business. Like, I just cannot hold on to that. So it became very clear at the start of our fifth year that something had to change. Um, and it was just either my marriage and my family or the business. So we ended up shutting the business down. Um, just a really low point in my life. Like, just like, you know what, this was always my dream. Um, but just the realization that like, this is a small part of my life, right? This can't be my identity. So we shut that down. Um, and just, just couldn't figure out why, right. Just kind of depleted, um, ended up sending an email out to a bunch of people I knew and said, Hey, listen, I'm closing the business down. You know, I'd love to, um, you know, go somewhere. Like, I want to stay in the industry because that was important to me. Um, so ended up, uh, doing that and then got a email or got a call from Bob Wilton, who is the, the owner of the franchise network at that time. And, and Bob said, you know, come talk to us. We'd love to have you back in the fold of the Clintar franchise. So, um, you know, able to, I, I, I applied for a couple of jobs at the couple of the local franchises and then, um, none of them really worked out. That's when Toronto pricing of housing was just going through the roof and Southwestern Ontario really wasn't affected. So trying to move to Toronto just wasn't going to be a factor in doing that. Um, now, every price is going through the roof, but at that time, it just seemed to be GTA. So anyway, so Bob ended up hiring me to do franchise support. Um, and I remember going to Markham and sitting down with him, with Bob and Terry Nicholson. And they were like, listen, I think you could do this franchise support with us. And I was like, Bob, I just, I just closed a business down. Like, why do you think I can help other business owners? And he's like, Grant, he goes, 
I see something in you. Um, you know, the Clintar franchise, the London one at that point was so like was pretty far ahead of the other franchises. Uh, so he says, honestly, just go in, just share your story, just you know, just share your experiences. What did you do at the London franchise? And we'll teach you everything else um, that you didn't know. So yeah, so Terry Nicholson was awesome, and he taught me everything I didn't know. Right? He taught me the the, the numbers part of the game, um, how to budget, how to do all those percents, all that type of stuff. And I just fell in love with coaching and helping owners, and um, and I just love that part of it, and love the Clintar family. Uh, the, at that point, after a couple of years, the Clintar franchise sold. Um, so I ended up uh, leaving Clintar and then working for Nathan Helder at Galderman. And Nathan is just amazing. He's, a, he, again, one of the strongest business owners that are in because he's not a technician, right? He's a he's a business owner first and then technician. So he just kind of allow, allowed me to uh, even learn the numbers better, right? And be able to do that. And then two and a half years ago, uh, we started an extra consulting. Uh, and really, we just, we focus on giving clients, green industry owners, the help we didn't have. Um, so when Marla and I were going through this, we were like, this is, this is the resources we had. This is the conversations we had. This is the knowledge we had. Um, so we're just helping contractors do that now and, and even more now, right? And this is kind of why we're having this podcast, right? It's because business owners are struggling, um, um, not with revenue, like the revenue is up for all these guys, but they're struggling with other issues. So that's really uh, why we wrote the article in the landscape trades magazine is because we truly believe that if the owner is not healthy, uh, that the business is not going to succeed, even though the top line revenue is there, even though sales are not an issue uh, that, you know what, we gotta, we, we gotta support the owners and as landscape Ontario has done so well in the past and they've supported me in various different States. I think the, the support we have to offer, we have to offer owners is completely different since COVID started. Yeah, no, and as you as you mentioned, that's that's really the impetus for for one of the reasons I wanted to have you on on the uh, the podcast today was to talk about uh, the column that uh, that you wrote for Landscape Trades, um, you know, on uh, the well being of owners, and it, it is sort of an interesting time. Well, it's a very interesting time, but it's an interesting time in the sense that. You know, as you alluded to, many, many um, Landscape Ontario members, many professionals in the landscape and horticulture uh, space, you know, did really well last year in terms of business. Um, there seems to have been, um, you know, a real demand from the public, from owner, homeowners to invest in their outdoor spaces, which which is a great thing. Um, but, you know, it... We have a couple different things. I guess we have the uncertainty of everything going on and all the extra challenges in our personal lives. And then I guess the added stress of, you know, taking on all that extra work. I guess where I'm going is, you know, why do you think this has been such a challenging time for business owners? So I think um, there's a couple different aspects. Um, you know, when we talk about like we're almost coming up to a year now, right? Of when this kind of started. Uh, actually, I just uh, I just I was writing. I have a daily journal I wrote in, and I just remember coming back from Florida and just kind of being like, "What's this COVID thing?" Right? Coming back to like an empty airport, I was like, "What the heck's going on?" Like, you know, what happened while well, we were gone for two weeks? Um, so, you know, just a I would say it's been a roller coaster for the owners, right? It's just been an up and down. So the roller coaster started when, um, you know, just when the government said, we're going to shut down, right? And we were still in the middle of our snow season, right? So everyone agreed that snow was essential service, right? So if it snowed last spring, um, you know, we were going to go out. But then the conflict came up with, but what do we do with the green season, right? And that's 
right away, that's where we just saw that that's where we started, right? There was polarizing opinions on what was going to happen. Some people like, no, we're going to work because I think that, you know, lawn maintenance is, is an essential service. Other clients, other contractors were saying, no, I don't, I don't think it is. Lansky Pontario did an amazing job in the COVID committee, just trying to figure that out. Like, you know, I'm so blessed for that committee and just what they, you know, they were trying to manage this and the constant updates we were getting. So, you know, shout out to the, to the committee for just how they had to do this and figure that out. Um, but then right away it became, and then, so like, you know, then it became, you're going into the season, you're climbing that roller coaster, the click, 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 click in the background. We're like, we've got quite a bit of work sold. We're going to be short on, we're going to be short on staff because that was kind of the biggest pain point from the year before. And then you go from, you crest the ridge and you're like, okay, now we have too much work. Now we have all the staff that we don't think we can do the work. So now what do we do with that staff? Right. And then all of a sudden we start going downhill. Um, and then as we get downhill, then it's like, okay, now we can get to work. So we start get to work and then we're like, okay, we think we have a good balance of staff versus work. And then all of a sudden the work just goes to the roof. Right. So then it's like this, we're back up a hill again and, and like record sales, like unbelievable. Like who would have thought that we should have been going into the biggest recession that our, our generation has ever seen, but exactly opposite for our, for our industry. Right. Um, so then it becomes now I've sold out my season. Now I don't have enough staff. So you kind of get to that balance and then mid through the season, then it's like, okay, now there's not enough materials. Right. So again, the, as the owner's trying to deal with it, it's like, okay, I've sold all this work. I've staffed up, but now I don't have the material to finish the job. And that becomes a logistical nightmare right? Because this is something we've never seen before. And again, the manufacturer has done a great job to try to figure that out, make a couple less skew lines to figure that out. But again, it's just that it's the roller coaster of an owner just trying to figure that out. And that's when we get to August, right? <laughs> like, um, so we're only at August. Um, and uh, we were on the peer-to-peer group call for the Landscape Ontario, Jackie, the other day. And someone said, like, I felt like in August, like I do in December, right? They were just completely burnt out. And, and as an owner, we take all that to heart, right? Like we want to take care of our staff. We don't want to lay our staff off. You know, most of the owners I know are willing to take a pay cut and not cash their own check to make sure that their staff are looked after. Cause that's how much we care about it. Um, but they're still doing with all this other stuff. So on top of just the normal logistics of, you know, that spring rush, it's like all this other stuff. So, so that's kind of that. Um, and that's really before August. So, so many owners were already tired before we get to the fall uh, again. And then doing that, I think there was a little bit, honestly, Scott, there was a little bit of guilt and I still feel that today. And I see that in the owners that we don't want to complain about all the work we have because maybe we know another person in our family that owns a restaurant, right? Or maybe we know someone in our family that owns, that works for the airline. So we don't want to sit there and say, Hey, we've had it such a good year when, other industries are affected so much that does feel I feel like the owners are taking a little bit of that guilt on as well like you know when they say how was your year you don't want to say oh we had the best revenue ever when someone else is like man I haven't even been able to operate my business in three months so there's a there's a good portion of that yeah that that is a weird that's a totally new sort of phenomenon right I mean it's just such a unique situation but it's true. Um, you know, owners, you know, we're, we're all seeing so many different things, as you said, you know, you might have a, an entre- a business, uh, a restaurant owner, a restaurant tour, an airline uh, employee. And it, it does weigh on you um, when you see that in your, in your social network and your family and so forth. But uh, it is, it is a, a very different situation. 
Yeah. So that was like August. Um, you know, again, I think, you know, I think most guys, again, thank goodness for the revenue. So they didn't have that pressure of doing that, but the materials, the lack of materials was definitely offering logistical issues. Uh, again, and lots of work coming in, lots of calls coming in, like even during August, most, most calls are slowing down. Like you start to see that trend, they fall off when people are on vacation, people are not on vacation, they're still spending money. Um, and then, and we saw probably in October, November. So every month uh, as our coaching clients go, we meet with our clients once a month, just the owner. And I always have two questions at the start of the session is on a scale of one to 10, how are you doing personally? And then on a scale of one to 10, how are you doing professionally? And probably up till October, I would say my average was an eight for both, right? Like, you know, never, there's always issues that are coming up. Uh, but November, I saw a huge significant drop. Um, like it went from an eight to a five and I, and I came home and typically I try to do all those within one week. And I came home at the end of the week and I said to my wife, Marla, I said, there's, we have a bigger issue coming here. Like this is a key indicator that our owners are not doing very well. Um, and then the fact came and I think I kind of realized that, that there's nothing to look forward to. So, some of these owners look forward to, Hey, in January, I get two weeks in Florida or I get two weeks in Cuba, or I'm going away on a ski trip with my family. And there was no, there was no opportunity to recharge, right? Typically how the owners have recharged to get ready for the spring is taken away, right? It's always typically most of them are about travel and about getting away, turning their phone off, um, you know, and just doing that and not having that opportunity to do that, or even saying like, you know what, it's going to open up in April so I can make it till April. They just didn't have that finish line of how to do that. Um, and they just were like, I don't know. Like I just, I was tired in August. Now I'm even more tired in November and I don't see a restful time coming up. Um, and I think that's where most owners are now. And now we're recording this in, you know, middle of February and we're gearing up for spring. And most of these owners have not taken a good vacation. They haven't rested, um, so they're going into the spring rush, not rested from the year before, right? And those owners need, we've been, we've been trained to rest in the winter time to get geared up for the spring. So yeah, so it's just, it's a big concern we have for sure. So Grant, what, what are some of the things that you, you know, you um, encourage and, and coach your clients on in terms of what they can do to stay or to get, you know, uh, you know, to focus on their mental and, and emotional well-being? So uh, my wife listens to, uh, um, actually it was, it was, I wish I had come up with this and I hadn't, uh, but my wife listens to a podcast of a lady in the States and it talks about like Sabbath, which for us is like a day of rest. Um, and the lady had said, she's like, if you, she had really done a great job. She goes, if you work with your hands, you need to rest with your mind. And if you work with your mind, you need to rest with your hands. And I thought that was so interesting because so many of our owners, grow up in the business working with their hands, right? Like for me, I'm a technician through and through. Like my ideal day is put me in an excavator, put me in a snow plow and let me build something or let me plow a lot. That is, that, I love that. And that's why I got in the industry, right? But now I don't, like my kids make fun of me because I don't have any calluses anymore. Even on the weekends, we were sitting around the table. Both of my kids are in the trade. So they both make fun of me because they're like, dad, you got office hands. I'm like, I totally have office hands now, right? And like, I prided myself 10 years ago that I didn't have office hands. I used to make fun of people like myself. Um, so I need to, and I, and I learned this even in my own business, right? I need to rest, um, but I need to rest with my hands, right? So I actually need to take a project on. So we're doing some renovations in the house as a project to do that because that's how I'm going to rest. So just encouraging owners to, um, 
to look at that and say, okay, how am I going to rest? If I can't go to Florida for two weeks, you know, how can I rest? And again, the, the owners have come up working with their hands and now they're working with their minds all the time, you know? So it's a matter of saying, okay, looking at this and saying, okay, if I can't go to Florida, what am I going to do? And let's make a plan to do that. So we encourage them to do that even to the point of, you know, next time we meet, I need, you need to tell me a plan. I don't care what it is, but how are you going to do that and kind of force them into that situation as that goes. So the other thing that has been, um, has been really important. And I think, and I do this for myself and I think it was really good um, is for me, is this a good daily routine? Um, you know, I, you know, I have a good routine now since COVID started, it's been a blessing cause I'm not traveling as much. So getting up in the morning, um, you know, writing in a journal, I uh, do some reading in the morning, you know, having a tea, um, you know, getting out and walking the dogs. We have two dogs. So those poor dogs have no idea what's happened in the last year, right? Like they were used to one walk a day, maybe one walk every other day. And now they're like, what the heck twice, twice a week, like, or twice a day. This is crazy. Like what's going on. So, um, eating better. Um, that's always important. So like, I, you know, it was interesting. I was traveling last week into a client and I had three meals out in one day that were like, not fast food, but out. And I was like, Oh, I'm just dying for a salad. Right. Like, you know, so eating regularly, eating better, and then trying to figure out how am I going to rest? Um, and then getting rest. So that's the other thing right now is just getting sleep. Um, I think that's the number one thing. I think our world has changed our perspective perspective on sleep. I think like a lot of times we prided ourselves on, Oh, I'm up at 4am and I work till 10 o'clock at night. Right. And I think people are realizing that the value of sleep is really important. Um, if I don't have that sleep, I know my wife's very good at pointing that out. I always get short, you know, and we hurt the ones we love. Right. So I'm, I, if I'm tired and I'm cranky, I don't usually show that to a client, right. I'm usually the one I come home and my wife gets the, my wife gets the short end of the stick or my kids get it. Right. So, and then my wife will be like, you need to go to bed, right. You need to go to bed early today. I'm like, oh man, I'm like, (laughs) I'm like 45 now and I still need to be told to go to bed, but I still feel so much better when it comes to that. Um, Yeah. So just holding owners accountable for that and just saying, okay, this is the new normal. Like you've made all these adjustments in your business, right? Look at all the different things you're doing in the business. You're doing more zoom meetings, how you interact with clients, all these things have changed, but as how we're doing in our personal lives, we haven't changed all that much. Um, because we've been so busy adapting in our, in the business life that we necessarily, I don't think we've adapted in our personal life enough. Why, why do you think it's hard sometimes for, for business owners, for entrepreneurs to, you know, to prioritize their mental and emotional well-being? I think it's hard because being an entrepreneur or a business owner is so busy, right? Like it's just so many things. And, and I think we fall into the trap of this is the sacrifice I need to make on my personal and business life in order to have a successful business, right? Like you read, we read magazines, we read bios, we read all these things about successful business owners. And typically there's a story of lots of self-sacrifice in the start of it with the end result being successful. The problem is though, is we have in the industry, I love our industry. The problem is we have guys that are still sacrificing after 20 years, Right. And still have that mentality of I still have to sacrifice my personal life. I still can't draw enough out of the company on a financial basis. I still have to work six days a week. Um, I still have to do everything 20 years later. Right. And that's not true. Right. Like that's that's the problem is that we've been we we haven't got into that maturity level yet in the business to say, okay, I've done that sacrifice. It took me 10 years, but now I'm on that next step where I can start to draw out the money or taking the time I need or not feeling guilty when I have a day off. 
um, to be able to do that type of stuff. So I think that's the, that's the, and that's just head trash. I think we get ourselves into to feel that that's the way we have to do to be successful. Yeah. And of course, business owners, you know, by their, by na- their nature are, are, you know, driven, determined, are hard, hard workers. Um, so it's just, yeah, it, it, that, that guilt part of taking time for themselves uh, comes in. But as you said, I think at the beginning, and, and as you certainly said in the landscape trades column um, so well, you know, if the owner, if you're not function, if you're not functioning at a high level and you're not feeling good and healthy, um, you know, in the end, the business is, is, is going to suffer for it. Um, the better you are as a business owner, uh, from a, a mental well-being standpoint, the, the more your business is going to thrive as well. So it's finding that balance. I think it is finding that balance and it's finding someone that can hold you accountable for that balance, right? Like a lot of our jobs right now as coaches is just really holding them accountable for that, right? Like just checking in and we have calls every week with owners, just like, how are you doing? How are you eating? Right. You know, you know, we all, when we stress, we all have a vice that we go to, right. You know, my vice is fast food, right. When I get stressed, I, I eat crap. Um, right. So I need someone to hold me accountable. Right. And it's not my wife. Cause I can, I can easily justify things to my wife. And, you know, so I have someone that he keeps me accountable for, you know, how am I eating? Right. If I get tired and I want to do that, like, even last night, you know, it's kind of getting to that time of the year. It's snowy out. I was like, oh man, I could easily go out and get a Big Mac, right? At 10 o'clock at night. And then, but I know that the next day I'm going to be a, I, like for this, even for this event, right? I'd be a sack of rocks and I just wouldn't feel good, right? It, it, so just holding owners accountable for what is your vice, right? Just asking owners that like, when you get stressed, what happens? Um, what is that proactively? So we can take a look at that, right? Um and there's all kinds of vices. It doesn't matter what it is, right? Just eating, eating crap food is what's for me. Some people it's alcohol, you know, some people it's, it's, it's work, right? I'm just going to bury myself in more work, right? So whatever that vice is, find someone that can hold you accountable to that, that you can go to and say, Hey, listen, I, whatever that vice is, I just need to know that I'm, I went over this week. This was not a good week for me. Um, and that's okay, right? It's okay to have a bad week, but you got to be progressing towards that. And like you said, Scott, if the owner's not healthy, then that's what we're seeing right now. Then you can't lead your team, right? And then your team doesn't understand what's going on. You lose the direction. You not you start making bad decisions. You start reacting, being rather than proactive, uh, and then eventually it hits financials, right? And then it just seems like it spirals out of control. And because it goes so slow, you don't see it, right? Like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's been a year. Like we've been in this system for a year now, and. Um, yeah. So just, again, I just encourage owners to find that one person that they can talk to. Um, you know, it could be a family friend, it could be a coach, whatever it is, find another owner that you trust, right? This is the great thing about Landscape Ontario is that we have such an amazing network of owners that want to help other owners. So reach out to someone and just sit there and say, Hey, you know, I'm struggling with this. And would you, can we jump on a call, um, you know, once a week, you know, and that's really, you know, we used to be able to do coffee. That was always my thing, right? I always be like, let's go for a coffee. Right. And then it used to be, let's go for a coffee and sit outside. And now it's like, we can't go for coffee anywhere so it's like you know so zoom has become that but um a lot of our coaching has become that just a weekly check-in right how's it going what's going on let's not even talk about the business side let's just talk about how you're doing personally and keep it at that because i know if we're if the owner's going to be good personally that 
for us as a coaching firm, the rest of it's going to be fine, right? It's just kind of that proactive versus reactive type of relationship we want with owners. So find that person, uh, reach out to LO. Like, you know, there's lots of, there's lots of current owners that we, we willing to happy to take your call. So um, that's the great thing about the industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so Grant, I think maybe I'll leave it there, but I, I do want to, I do want to, um, I guess, let everybody listening know that uh, you have a podcast as well. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about that and, and where people can, uh, where people can find it. Yeah, that's awesome, Scott. So we have a podcast that goes every other week. Uh, it's called Nexter Presents, and uh, we interview um, Canadian contractors. We interview Canadian manufacturers, Canadian software developers, uh, and industry giants every other week. Um, so really just kind of, uh, it came out of, I have such great conversations with people, just like this conversation. Um, and I always leave a conversation, I'm like, I should have recorded that conversation because I want more people to hear that conversation, right? That's the blessing about doing stuff like, you know, and that's the crappy thing about losing Congress, right? Is like so many good conversations happen. So, you know, just to be able to say, Hey, this is a conversation I have with this contractor. And I think more people could hear this, right? More people can relate to this conversation. A lot of people have this pain point. So here's a contractor that had creative way to get, you know, to solve that, or here's how they're doing something different. So just be able to press record on those conversations and then play that back. Um, to people in the industry that want to be able to do it. So yeah, so Nextra presents, um, you know, you can go to our website, nextraconsulting.ca and there's a link there or any of your uh, iTunes or all those type of things have all the launching and stuff like that. So perfect. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to chat uh, on this super important topic. Um, I mean, there's so much there, um, but I think, I think, this, this, hopefully this conversation gets people thinking, um, there were some really good bits. I love that rest with your hands. I've never heard that. And I absolutely love it. I mean, I guess the key there is that everybody has different ways that they recharge, right? For me, it's, you know, getting out in the woods on my mountain bike, or for some, it might be going for a run. Others, it might just be hanging out, watching the the ball game or something. Everybody has sort of, you know, maybe they're on their feet all day and for them, their rest is just watching the leaf game or whatever. So everybody has their different way find what works for you and make sure you make time for it. I think that's really the point. And I love that. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Scott. I love having this conversation with you and thank you so much for doing the podcast and just for getting this information out. And like I said, like Landscape Ontario has been awesome. You use them as a resource, reach out to someone. Uh, If you're feeling like you're struggling, there's people that out there want to help you. So don't feel like you have to struggle alone. So thanks so much, Grant. Thanks, Scott. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Nextra Presents. If you enjoyed the episode, it would really help us if you would leave a five-star rating and review the podcast. While you're at it, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. If you want to contact us, please visit our website at nextraconsulting.ca.